podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 4th of January 2022. Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, you can get us on all your podcast platforms and on YouTube for all the news and views of the Belfast Giants and the Premier Sports Elite Ice Hockey League. The Belfast Giants closed out a 100% league haul for the month of December and then topped it off this past weekend with 14 goals scored and only three conceded as they battered both the Dundee Stars and the Nottingham Panthers. On this week's show, COVID, what's it done? Yeah. What's it done and where do we go? Um, we've got four games to catch up on. We'll focus mainly on the last two. Uh, Tyler Soy is going to be our guest on the fan agenda. We have a few pieces of Elite League news. And it's uh, it's player of the month time, uh, and then we'll maybe breeze past the fact that we're playing five twice this weekend due to the changes in the schedule due to that thing I said at the start, COVID. What's it done, and where do we go? Um, big hello and a happy new year, Mister David McJimsey. How are you? Happy new year to you and your other two colleagues, sir. <laughs> My other two colleagues, not your other. No, is. <laughs> <laughs> My very good friends. I have to say, like uh, you know, Christmas. Christmas was a funny one for me this year, but says really, really looked after me. Like as soon as I arrived in Belfast, we're down. He had me down to practice every day. Taff was making me tea faster than Mrs. Doyle, you know, and <laughs> just to, just to, just to be in that atmosphere and be able to go down every day to the rink and have something to do was massively appreciated. And says run about after me like a proper taxi driver. So did he pay for your taxis, did he? Or well, the invoices in the post. He certainly never. <laughs> he certainly never charged me. He got a dinner right of me to be fair, so we'll, we'll call it. We'll call it and it was very nice dinner too. It was absolutely banging. It was really, really good. Well, I was, uh, you know what? I was hoping to get home myself over uh, over Christmas, but uh, as I said earlier, COVID. What can yeah. you do, uh, Mister Kitchen? How are you? I'm alright, Patrick. Happy New Year, gents. Um, New Year. Uh, to be honest, I really enjoyed the two weeks off, which Davey sort of um, suggested. Thanks, Davey. Um, and um, I'm, you know, even tonight. <laughs> I had to check my phone when I woke up this morning to see what that was. <laughs> but um, you know, when you when you miss the two weeks and there was obviously not much happening for the for the first ten days of it, um, well, on the ice anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's um, we'll see what we can come up with tonight. Plus, it's always great to beat the Panthers, so you know, love yeah. talking about that anyway. Sort of a, an enforced and voluntary couple of weeks off for the podcast, but uh, you know, we've come back suitably refreshed, Mister Neil. <laughs> Yeah, it's good to be back with you, gentlemen. Uh, things feel a bit more normal. I think it's, you know, it's uh, obviously this is Tuesday night podcast drops on Wednesday, not to give away our industry secrets, but uh, I no, think the boys need a wee lift tonight. I think we're all a wee bit tired, a wee bit bedraggled from that first day back at work. So listen, we'll, we'll pick the energy up as we go here, boys. We'll be all <laughs> right. Start so talking about hammering the Panthers. We'll be grand. It's been, yeah, that's it. Well, certainly we've got those games to catch up on. Um, we'll, we'll be talking about the Panthers and the Dundee Stars, and we'll look forward to hearing from Jonathan Boxall, which we'll talk about as well, and Tyler Soy. But first of all, we're actually going to start with the sad passing of Gary Moran, uh, who for three decades was the driving force in the back room of Nottingham Panthers, helping from the transition from a rink team to an arena one, and leading them into a period of silverware, including their first league title in 50-odd years. Um, growing there, he was able to grow their fan base year on year to fill that rink that we've seen just full there that past uh, just the day after Boxing Day. Um, he may not have had many fans from other teams and often wound up those in his own team, but uh, but Gary was a titan 
in the Elite League. And we here in A View from the Bridge have many good memories of appearances on the show, not least when he ha- we had to ask him to re-record an interview when it went wrong. Do you remember that, Davey? <laughs> I, I was very, very fortunate to... I'm not going to say I was Gary Moran's friend. We were friendly with each other. He was a, he's an absolute gent to me every time, uh, you know, <clears throat> had any cause to be involved with him. The first time I met Gary was actually in the SSE. It was the, the weekend that they came over to uh, ultimately win the Elite League. We ended up in Rockies afterwards. And he wasn't, you know, over the top of the celebration or whatever. He says, this was just our turn. Yeah, it'll be your turn again, kid, as he always called me. He says, you know, it'll be your turn again. So don't, you know, have a beer forget about it it's it's done now you know we're on the playoffs kind of thing um that incident you're talking about was when we did skype and we had mp3 recorder and i phoned him oh, up on about like i'm gonna say i phoned him at like 10 o'clock on a tuesday morning that they were recording a podcast says the guy podcast night could you do an interview absolutely kid but can you phone me back i'll do it do it during my lunch time one o'clock phone me at one phoned him at one on the button he answered the phone davy let's go hit record so I thought it did. <laughs> and we, did oh, we did. I'm talking easy 45 minutes. Although we got we got off the topic we we're talking about. He loved to talk about Paul and the family and his grandkids and all that. Was his whenever always made sure that whenever I spoke to him, there was time for the family chat because he loved that he asked about my kids, asked about his grandkids, all that stuff. Came off the phone with him, thought that's that's gold. That'll be banging the podcast tonight. You know, we've got somebody from Nottingham. It was always great because it was quite a hard franchise to get an interview from. And he, he, he sort of did stuff for us for the podcast, which we always appreciated. Mm-hmm. Logged it on to put it on the Dropbox. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I haven't pressed record. And that was brilliant. And I says, you know what? If he listens to the podcast, unlikely as it would be, and he'll think, well, I'm not going to do another interview because I spent 45 minutes and it didn't. So just to phone him and apologize. So just rang him back. And he answered the phone. He says, what's up, kid? I says, like, Gary, I have massive apologies here thank you for your time and all but i have somehow not recorded that i thought it was recording and he says right i've got another half hour here go and i went what do you mean he says hit record now and, I do, and he did the, the whole interview again full 45 with less than five minutes chat about the family at the end did the whole thing again sad for his family first and foremost sad for the panthers sad for uk hockey he's been a he's been a you know stalwart of the game Spoke to him a few weeks ago when he had came out of the hospital with his heart problems, and then obviously the cancer stuff came along. And messages are shared with you, and he was like, "Going to kick this cancer's ass here." And unfortunately, as we all know, only too well, just such a horrible disease that you know millions and millions, billions probably spent on research trying to somehow eradicate it. It's caught another good guy, and you know, my sympathies again to Paul and and, and his wife and the family and the grandkids and kids, and he'll be missed. Um, he's a popular guy, whether you know, he had his detractors as well. But uh, I have only good things to say about my uh interactions with him, and he'll be somebody I'll definitely miss uh chatting to. Simon, Davey's summed it up perfectly. I mean, I where I only ever chatted to him once, um, and it was uh something similar with Davey. Had. It was a, a night after the Panthers beat the Giants in Nottingham, um, and you know, I'm not the easiest person to get on to when the Giants could beat. Um, so you know, it, it's he, he wasn't rubbing in the face or anything, and um, it, it, I, I he's one of those guys where um, I, I sort of admire that you know he just blades Panthers, um, 
you know, he was the biggest Panther fan I ever came across. And, and you know, you sort of look back at, at the time, obviously Paul played for us, his son Paul played for us, and and he had an affinity with, I remember you saying, Patty about him um, in Hull. Um, you know, the first time you ever seen him cheer for the Belfast Chance, because Paul was playing, but... You know, it's it's a bit as I said, it's a it's a bit like Dave Sims. You know, we everybody loves to hate Dave Sims, but you love what he stands for with regards to the passion that he has for the Steelers. It's probably a bit like ourselves here. You know, we all love the Giants and, and want the Giants to win every single game, and it doesn't matter about the rest of the clubs. But when something like this happens, and and um, you know, obviously it, it, it happened very very quickly from from what we know about it. Um, and obviously you know, when it was announced to the Panthers there at the start of December and. And as Davey says, cancer is just the bollocks, and um, it's never nice to, to for anybody to get that news. And and uh, thoughts are with, with Paul and the family. It's it's just horrendous. And and as I say, he'll definitely be missed. Um, Dave speaks very very highly of him uh, from a Giants perspective. Taft does as well. And um, yeah, he'll be sadly missed indeed. Joel. Yeah, look, I'll keep it brief, boys. You obviously go further back and know much, much better than I. But, um, you know, you sort of inherit this cast of characters whenever you, you scratch the surface of the EIHL. You've got these kind of panto villains, really, mm. be it sort of uh, Dave Sims, GM the GM, uh, Neil Black, whoever, uh, you know, Tony Smith, got to get Tony in there. Um, but I think the one thing that we probably don't admit to yourselves enough is that we have more in common with all of these people than we have differences. You know, the only difference is the shirt that, that we all kind of uh, are, are passionate about. Uh, and, and I can't really sum it up any better than what the boys have. That's someone who was completely committed to his cause, completely committed to his club. He lived and breathed his club um, and, and he enjoyed uh, their, their successes and, and rightly so um, because he had worked so hard on, on making them happen. We're going to go on on this show tonight and talk about dismantling the Nottingham Panthers and we're going to enjoy it. Um, but be under no illusion that if the tables were turned and if and if uh, if the late Mister Moran was was sitting with uh, with that victory, he'd be enjoying himself too. So, in the spirit of the game and in the spirit of our league and and uh, the the sport we all love, the the league we all love, and and its cast of characters, um, we'll, we'll talk about those games. But um, you're always gonna sort of. Uh, you're always going to pause to remember those kinds of guys that that hauled the league on their back and, and made it what it was. Um, just a, a real icon of the game here. Uh, and regardless of his club, he's going to be going to be sadly missed. Just to add, Patty, my just, just 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 on. just before you go, Paddy, to tell one story. story. That that first time I met Gary in the SSA and we had a beer and and Rockies and whatever. After he says, anytime you're not in him, just send me a message, and you're sorted. You know, I'll get you sorted. And I brilliant go to the box office to get a ticket or whatever. And it was the day of the game. And I went, okay, for those tickets. He says, come and see me. You know the way you go in and you go up one level if you're going to boxers right away. He says, I'll be on that wee bridge. And every time I went to Nottingham, he was standing on that bridge already with a pass for me. Didn't have to go and queue at the box office. He says, All right, kid, there you go, round to the whatever box 24, whatever it was. And he would stick his head in during the game. I rang all right. He was just as good Joel said there, he lived and breathed in Nottingham Panthers. Just the same way we live and breathe, and as Joel said, a different shirt, same people, but you know, top top man. You look at some of the stuff over the last number of years. You can go back, but in the advent of social media and the advent of you know YouTube and stuff like that, I've 
it, it was unmissable just because it was hilarious to watch. But checking it out with the GMB from the Panthers office, and it's still all on YouTube, go and see it. Because what you had there was Gary Moran, somebody who had a presence about him and who loved the Nottingham Panthers, was able to go out there and, and, and wanted to promote it and saw this as a platform to be able to do that. And that's what he went and done. To come back to the thing that... Um, Simon said about the hole. I went to watch Belfast Giants at Hull, and this is when Paul was playing for the Giants, and I was the only one there, and I was stood there in the away end thinking, I'm going to be the only one here. And then, then up walks Gary Moran. I thought, and my first thing was, what on earth is Gary Moran? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he came out and he says uh, and he kept referring to us Giants fans he kept going well, us Giants <laughs> fans that. have to get behind the team us Giants fans da, 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 da. And I, we had a good laugh we had a beer we had a bit of chat about the game and it was only a couple of weeks before uh, there was a Nottingham Sheffield game in Sheffield and he was you know, I was just chatting 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 through the game really really nice guy I really enjoyed having the chat and then the way things had went, I'd actually went to that Nottingham Sheffield game in Sheffield. I was going in through do that bottom entrance in in the Sheffield arena that just the first one you see was there up the steps. I'm in the queue to there and I get a tap on the shoulder and it's Gary Moran. <laughs> My brain flipped the other way. I says, "What are you doing at this game?" I just looked at him and he went, "I went, oh yeah, you're not a Giants fan. You actually <laughs> totally got it wrong." You went, "Just give this one." Don't worry about it, man. That's fine, fine, fine. But you know, a good laugh about that. And you know, as as you lads have said, you know, the color of the shirt is one thing. There are very few men who are, who are more passionate about their teams than Gary Moran has been for thirty odd years or whatever. It's been taking them from that small team in the ring to the team that are in the uh, the National Ice Centre in Nottingham and taking advantage of the opportunities that that have given them. And uh, you know he, he was always there, always ever present, and it'll be a massive hole that the Nottingham Panthers will very much struggle to fill in their in their backroom staff. To us, guys, always gracious and accommodating, and we always thank them for that. And I'll just finish by saying our condolences do, as I say, go to our, go to the family, to the wife, and not least to, to Paul Moran, who once wore our own um, once wore our own colours in Belfast and was supported by his own father. Right, and on that, we shall move on to um, COVID. Hooray! Um, <laughs> what can you do? The Giants were first hit by postponements when the Sheffield Steelers uh, double was called off a few days before the league leaders were due to arrive. Um, since then, the Giants have had games against Guildford and Glasgow postponed also. And in the wider elite league, there have been frenetic moves to fulfil fixtures as team after team have fallen foul to the COVID protocol. Some more controversially than others, <coughs> Sheffield and Nottingham. <coughs> um, you okay, right. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I had COVID. Get that out. The, um, looking at the Elite League website, I'm actually yet to find out what the COVID protocol actually is. However, the website also still shows that there are games on free sports in the 2019-20 season. So, you know. Um, uh, yet, yet, I still we still estimate that there's upwards of 20 fixtures across the league, possibly near as many as 30, unfulfilled. And Simon, that's a big, big problem for the Elite League. It is. Uh, look, Steve, I, and obviously with being in the organisation, inside the organisation, I see um, the, the effort and time and everything put behind it. And um, to be honest, there's nobody working harder than Steve and the other guys, other GMs and other owners of the clubs to try and get that sorted out. They are on the phone every single day. Um, and that, that, whether it's a team's meeting their own phone calls. Um, obviously, we got the 
uh, a game this Friday, um, which was supposed to be Coventry, and it was changed over to Fife. There are other fixtures, but should we have to rearrange, um, and they'll be announced pretty soon as well. Um, so it's just a matter of, as I say, just trying to get dates to work around. They do have contingency plans in place. I don't know what I'd be allowed to say and what I wouldn't be allowed to say, so I'm not going to say any more than that. Um, but, you know, by all, you know, we all know that there's always somebody wanting to have a go at the IHL about something. But in fairness to all the owners, all the GMs and all the guys that are um, on those calls every day, they're putting the effort in to try and get it sorted. So um, it's one of those ones where, as I say, you're, you're never going to keep everybody happy. I know if, if we had announced our plan at Dundee Stars on um, on Friday, for the eighth time this season, <laughs> you would have somebody gardening about it. You're going to have to play them another yep. time before the end of the season, anyway. Yep. So it doesn't matter who plays. And I, I, you know, I was sitting looking at the other the other day when people were complaining about about games. You know, such and such player can't play company, but and then we the the Giants organization posted up with four games against company in, in January. Yeah. I'm all for that because that's going to create a better rivalry. It's going to create a, you know, especially if something happens in that first game. If if there's a bad hit, heaven forbid somebody gets hurt, there's a bad hit, you know, you just never know what's going to want to carry over to the next game, which just happens to be, would have been, sorry, the Challenge Cup game. Um, so, you know, I'm all for that. It, it, it creates a better atmosphere. It creates a playoff atmosphere. Um, and you have to play these games anyway. So, look, it, it is something that the, the Giants are especially and the other clubs are working on. Um, and um, as I say, there'll be announcements soon with regards to those dates. I think, Joel, Simon makes a very good point on the fact that you know, you've got the guys who are on the phone day in, day out, trying to make sure that these fixtures are fulfilled. It's it's difficult for traveling fans because obviously, you know, I'm sure there were a number of Coventry fans who were traveling over for Friday's game and now they're not going to get to watch it. That's just the way things are. That's the risks you're taking at the minute. But you see the amount of teams who are basically saying, right, we were supposed to play Coventry this week. We're playing Fife. We're supposed to play Cardiff this week. We're playing Sheffield. And it, it must be a massive headache to all of those GMs who are looking at their fixture list, looking at what's available, times that are available, and teams they have yet to play. I uh, I have a, a, another uh, life in, in football in Northern Ireland uh, as of those kind of year and a half or so. Uh, and, and obviously the domestic season happened last year, uh, mostly behind closed doors with some restriction, whatever else. Um, but for the first time, I got a look at the sort of inside of trying to keep the show on the road. Um, and that's a domestic league within a single jurisdiction. Can you even begin to imagine the difficulty in a league that covers four jurisdictions of the UK. Each of those different jurisdictions, excuse me, have their own rules, their own regulations, their own change in infection levels. Um, it's abs it's an absolute genuine miracle that this season is rolling the way it is. And that is down to the hard work of the people in the background of all of these clubs and including the EIHL ownership board, whatever you want to call it. And just a note on what says said there about you know playing teams multiple times. I don't know if, if anybody has ever heard of, of that wee tournament that they play for every year in the NHL. Like series against hockey teams is what hockey is all around the world. You know, seven game series in the Stanley Cup are, are an absolute electric factory because you have these stories, these storylines, these uh rivalries that carry through each and every game. What's wrong with seeing a team three, four times in a month? I don't care. 
it's what how, how many months ago now I've, I've lost track of time not very long ago that arena was a mass vaccination center and we were all sitting not entirely sure if we were going to have a hockey team again and it's a very very short memory that uh, the the old sort of detractor has uh you know that this could all still go away tomorrow we're in a very very volatile world we're in a minority sport regardless of how much better it gets how much how much we love it whatever else in the uk it's a minority sport um, and it's volatile it's been volatile in the past you don't only have to look at the the history of the eihl prior to that the, the super league and what happened there and uh, <clears> the <throat> fact that this show is still on the road and that we're putting on a, a domestic season is an absolute miracle and credit to everybody that's making it happen a good point there made by joel davy about how you've got you know cardiff not allowed to have games fans at games behind closed doors how long that's going to last we don't know how long that's sustainable for cardiff we don't know uh scotland reduced capacity severely reduced capacity i don't think the the, the glasgow clan have played a home game since the, those restrictions have been brought in um england where you and i are you these you have full arenas you have you know as we, I was going to say, Manchester full, Manchester full. You've got Sheffield and Nottingham, you know, playing to full arenas, it, it, and they're thinking to themselves, you know, we can continue. It's just really, really difficult. And I, there have been times, so you and I have had conversations with TV's Neil the coach Russell, and about how you know how much on an edge this season is. Some clubs that depend on those even small gates of in, in Scotland there, maybe 1,500, 2,000 people, you know, on a good night coming in, suddenly are, are reduced to 200 people. And it's, you see the likes of Dundee Stars and with a little help from Sheffield Steelers not pushing their 50-50s online, any income stream they can get at all. Because let's let's be honest about contingency plans. I know Sis can't talk about them and I'm only speculating, but like at the minute, the only real thing that can happen is all these fixtures somehow get squeezed in or you extend the season. Or the season doesn't get completed you know you you cut off one fixture per team whatever there's it doesn't take a lot of brainstormings to work out some way of redu either reducing the season or extend the season clubs probably some clubs around this league or maybe all clubs around this league can't afford to play the players an extra month you know they're they're on a very defined budget so a lot more will be known in the next, as we've said, that's for 18 months. The next four to six weeks is crucial and all, but it really is. The next month, will, will, most teams have, should have gone through their COVID protocol. If you believe everything from the scientists, you don't get it twice in 90 days or whatever. You know, teams shouldn't be going back into protocol. Most most guys have had it. I, I don't know. Sit, Joel, there's a wee finger up there. I don't know, mate. You just try on. Sorry, just real quick on top of that. The one thing we haven't mentioned is what's at stake here versus other sports of this uh, sort of level in terms of attendances and in terms of the money involved you know i i if i if i take it back to sort of domestic football that, that i sort of know now better than i did a couple of years ago uh if the northern ireland football league season stopped tomorrow those boys drive 20 minutes up the road and they're at home and that's it your overheads are whatever they are it's loss of gates loss of income every single team in our league has money tied up in players that they've brought halfway across the world they've all put them in apartments they've all given them cars their family are here the money involved in making an elite league season happen is absolutely insane uh, and the, the the work that's going on is because the the danger is far greater than any other domestic league the the, the sort of long-reaching consequences of this all falling down i, I dare to even think um i just the, the point is that there are very very high stakes even if you don't sort of see it yourself massive high stakes massive money 
a lot of volatility. Um, and I think anybody that's making this happen, anybody that's keeping this season going, should be given a pat on the back and our thanks, to be honest. And I know a lot of it's the crack. Like, I, I love taking the piss on Twitter as well. Like, and, and people are having a laugh with it and whatever else. But I'm sure there are people genuinely whinging about it. Honestly, every weekend that we have where there's ice hockey played, uh, the miracle continues. And, and please, God, long may it continue. Every weekend, there's people whinging about all sorts of nonsense. Literally all sorts of nonsense that are totally beyond the control of... Like, you look at... I don't want to dig in too much of it, but you look at the restrictions that were brought in the other week and meant that you you could only serve alcohol on table service and you know people were up in arms about how they couldn't get booze at the arena and they were literally attacking the arena saying, why are you doing this? As if the arena don't want to sell you booze and make money out of it. Yeah. Like, People just, you know, there, there's so much going on at the minute that it's very, very difficult to keep tabs. And it's very frustrating for everybody. It's very frustrating for each and every single one of us because none of us want to be living under this cloud and, and, and have all this sort of stuff going on. And the elite league don't want to be jumping this way and that way, trying to fulfill fixtures. They just want to have their league and the Challenge Cup and all that sort of stuff. Go on, Sam. The, the, I mean, you just with what you said there about the, um, you know, the food and beverage to a certain extent. Um, you know, I can only speak for the guys at the SSE, but believe it or not, you know, there, there's people giving the staff hassle for not serving them a pint. Ridiculous. It's pretty ridiculous. You know, the, 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 we're abiding by the rules and regulations set out so we can actually put the hockey match on in safety. And, you know, if they, if anybody thinks that the arena do not want to make money on beer, sweets, crisps, hot out of food, their mind. they're absolutely <laughs> deluded. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, that's that's a major, major income stream for for um, for not just the SSE arena, but for every other rink and for every other club around the around the league. So, you know, anybody that's thinking that is absolutely out of their tree, and and they need to catch themselves on. The SSE arena are doing things by the book. Everything's right, one hundred percent by the book, as it's always been done. Um, so, if if they're not allowed to serve beer at the next game and the next game and the next game, it's not for the because they don't want to. Um, they have to abide by the regulations set up by Northern Ireland Executive, or the doors will be closed and there'll be no hockey. And then you can go and stick your finger, well, you know what I mean, <laughs> stick your finger up in the wind and see what else happens. Because if there's no hockey, then we're all going to be even grumpier than what we are now. <laughs> are we? It was suggested by Mr. Jackson on Twitter, Davey. Are we going to see that dreaded doubled up games ahead for the Giants to try to fulfill fixtures? Don't know. I, I I think you can really double up games. You can't be doubling up league games for double points or anything. That's a, that's an absolute nonsense in terms of sporting integrity for the rest of the league as well. Um, do I see Challenge Cup games being doubled up? Probably not at this stage because we're only one game away really from a from a semi final and a final. Which you know they'll maybe rejig the competition. You know rather than than double games up. But I think we're too far gone for doubling games up. Wouldn't be a fan of it. No. No, nor I. There've been that many. Uh, there'll be that many. Um, there've been that many disasters and doubled up games over the years. That uh, it's not something we want to see. Anyway, we'll see how the, the uh, we'll see how the elite league, the Giants, and everybody else deal with it. Fingers crossed, things can be resolved and we can move on with the season. And be that an extension to the season, be that a rejigged schedule, whatever. But uh, we'll see an end to the season because the Belfast Giants are on a bit of a roll at the minute. Um, let's get on to the games. Uh, 
Since we last spoke, there have been four games. Two of those games were Belfast against Glasgow, which was a 5-1 on Boxing Day, and a 3-1 win for the Belfast Giants in Guildford on the 29th and the 12th. Mm-hmm. JJ Bickenich with an absolute belter of a goal in that game. These games were also punctuated by uh, the fact that Jonathan Boxall is one of our number, to even temporarily, or was one of our number as we speak now. Uh, if, if temporarily he joined us to play the games from the from Boxing Day or, or Boxel Day onwards. Um, just a quick uh, quick note about that, Davy. Having Boxy back on the team, oh, it was lovely. And I, I was just saying earlier there, I was able to get down to the rink for, for some practice and had a wee quick chat with him. Um, he just loves playing well hockey first and foremost, but he actually genuinely does love playing for the Belfast Giants, and you could see how emotional he was after the game against the Dundee Stars on would have been Sunday, Monday, mm. what whatever day. So I'm like says absolutely no idea Saturday. what day it is today. <laughs> whatever day we played the Dundee Stars at home there and and he Friday. took the skate. He, there you go. <laughs> you don't know nobody <laughs> knows. Um and he took the skate round at the end and the camera zoomed into him nearly for the whole um lap and he was definitely pretty emotional about it. Um you know I wasn't 100% sure and probably wasn't himself at that stage whether he was going to play in Nottingham on Monday or not. But um, just the emotion coming out there of, of him going to be his, his final game and a little presentation, obviously, from, from Kiefer as well was lovely. Boxy's always just done what Boxy does. He knows his role in the team. It's developed over different spells with us. I remember when he first came, he was obsessed with his face-off stats and he used to be like in the main on Monday morning. What was How was it at the weekend and stuff? And then that developed, obviously, this last little few weeks has just been a bit of a, you know, a filler role towards the end of games and stuff whenever we could get him out on the ice and comes up with a big block towards the end of the game. You're winning seven to him in Nottingham. Same as the Challenge Cup final, that'll be a memorable one that goes down on his highlight reel, but wanted to sacrifice the body just to keep that puck away. And you could see Besco whenever the rebound sort of piddles through to him and he gets his glove on top of it and Boxy's going for what's probably going to be his last shift that a lot of stick taps there from from going off the ice a very popular guy on and off the ice in the locker room and, and with the fans and he's called it a career he probably called it a career a while ago and he wasn't really expecting coming home for a holiday and getting himself suited up four times but um he loved getting that gear back on again and uh he's way back to boston probably with most of it <laughs> here he'd need to be i was speaking to him uh just ahead of the announcement i was doing a wee bit on that press release and he sent me a photo of him and chris higgins they're skating together in a rec league in boston mm-hmm. and he's wearing a panthers led davy i swore to him i was going to send it to you and he's like no mate don't worry i'll get a giants one i promise so I, <laughs> I hope he's away with that kit bag <laughs> simon you you've a bit of an insight behind the scenes and all that and bringing him back in it, it was it was it was fantastic to, to have him back in a in a giant shirt yeah, it was one of those ones where hello Jasmine. Um, the uh, it was one of them ones where you know it, it it's literally just started as a as a bit of a laugh and and uh, obviously you know Boxy doesn't like paying for anything, so he was phoning up to try and get free tickets for the Guildford game. Um, and um, hello, sorry just for interrupting here. Sorry. Would you like to make any more noise? <laughs> um, the yeah. Uh, so I mean, he, he was. You know, he was just phoning up for free tickets for for the family to go to the Guildford match, and you know, fifteen minutes later, he he was having a full scale conversation about you know getting your kit back up again. What number do you want to wear, and we'll see where we can get to. Um, obviously, eighty nine wasn't available. Um, I'm had to give him fifty five, but it sort of happened very very quickly after that. It's you know we're trying to bring you know fresh bodies in to a certain extent. I wouldn't say he's fresh, but um, you know, he's in his thirties now. Um, but 
it, it was great to see him back again. Um, he didn't play a lot of minutes, as Davey was saying, and and you know, he, he, he but he takes up shifts and and you know, he, he knows the role in which he he been brought in for, whether it be this season or 2018 season, 2016 season, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, he just has that little bit of experience more than what the likes of Mac and Kel would have had, and um, and give them the opportunity there just to, to just eat those minutes up. And and luckily enough, you know, he came back three games, played one three games. Um, he'll be very happy heading back to to uh, Boston, as Davy says, with his kit bag full um, of uh, fresh Giants merch. So um, he's not Sean asking for it, believe you me. Um, but, uh, <laughs> good, good. Yes, yeah, so try and get it sorted out. Good man, good man. Well, yes, all those games we had the game against the uh, the belt against Glasgow, which was five one. We uh, won the game in Guildford three one, and let's just have a quick focus on the last two games that we played. Uh, New Year's New Year's Eve, it was Friday, Davy. Just to just to clarify on that, and the Belfast Giants took on Omar Pasha's Dundee Stars for the first time since Omar came in and beat the Belfast Giants <laughs> on their last visit. This time. It went quite the other way. Belfast Giants with a 7-1 victory. Seven consecutive unanswered goals for the Belfast Giants. Kevin Rain, JJ Pickenich on the on the uh, power play. Tyler Soy, who will be joining us later. David Goodwin scored twice. Uh, Jeff Baum and then Tyler Soy with his second of the game to make it 7-0 before with just over two minutes to go. Sebastian Benston. Made it 7-1 in goal. Adam Marson, 23 shots on, six goals against. He played 45 minutes and before Brighton Priest um, came in for 15 minutes. He had 13 shots on, one goal against. And at the other side, Tyler Beskarwani, 18 shots against, one goal against. Referees were Dulce and uh, Vitas Lukasevicius. 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 I never have to say it. This is the first time I've seen him referee. Usually on the lines, isn't he? Usually on the lines. Uh, I'll start with you, David. You know, it's been been the way all through the December period. Quick, 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 crisp passing and play against the opposition, and we were just too quick for them, and we just run out that seven 0 lead. I think sometimes podcasts are nearly easier uh, when you're going through a little bit of defeats or you know. Mm. Things are up and down at the minute. We're on a on an eight eight game swing or eight eight game winning streak, and it's it's sometimes hard to come up with superlatives because the guys are actually playing really really well. We we'll go back even one game previous to that in Guildford. There was so much to like about the Guildford game in terms of that game could have been finished in the first period, but for a little bit more finish from ourselves, and they hung around because we didn't put them away. But we ended up coming away with a three one scoreline doesn't tell the story of the game and then we'll go in and, and absolutely put you know Dante away and, and then you start to really get into critiquing and, and you, you look for things that you know you can't just be positive about everything but actually you know disappointing to, to concede the goal towards the end JJ Pickenich's goal right at the end of the first period is just a beauty steps of steps away from the blue line into the top of the circle and just finds that top not really an angle but you know what I mean the it's top corner of the of the right hand net and uh yep right up there <laughs> up up what what would what would uh Aaron murphy say up where up where daddy keeps the good whiskey good or something whiskey. Uh, keeps the cookies or something <laughs> uh, yeah, no. so in, in terms of really really nice goal so as he scores a lovely one from the feed from from laker at the end he settles the puck down really well and just makes that wee move and opens marson up and just slides it down under there's so so much to like about the performance i guess uh 
Soizy as well scoring the one banked in off Morrison and then given Luca, this is what you do, Luca, this is what you do. Um the Vitas. <laughs> so uh, you know, he was certain the goal was in. So th- there were there was lots and lots to like in that performance. Haas, Haas scoring for for ourselves. Um mm-hmm. who was it? There was a thing of bomber threat in from the blue line. Yeah, um, it literally goes in off Kyle Haas's arse into the in past Marson, which is uh, you'll love to see that as well. There's Joel, thing, thing you love to see. So yeah, um, a, a really really nice performance from the boys, and uh, you could tell. Don't like to go back to what you see it says sitting watching practice, having a cup of tea with says, and they were absolutely buzzing on the in practice coming up to that, and you just knew. Good things are going, and of course we've done a couple of a couple of body shots as well. Jordan Boucher, Slater Doggett, who had been playing really, really well, and Bush has obviously been playing lights out coming into that sort of period. So, you know, bodies down as well. Not sure whether Gary was back for that game or not. I can't quite remember, but uh, I think uh, Boxy ended up playing nearly ten minutes that night. So, good money for for charity as well there, because somebody jumped in and says, "Well, I'd pay a pound for every minute Boxy plays." So, yeah, cheers to Kiefer for keep throwing them out there. <laughs> a bit of a feisty game at times says you you had the fight between Ben Lake and, and Can Capera, uh, who didn't spend as long in the box as people anticipated <laughs> but, um, but you know it, it's been the way of things uh, against uh, against the Dundee Stars over, over the course of the season that we have had that sort of physical nature between the two teams yeah I mean again it, it's, we talk about Joel mentioned about you know, like a playoff atmosphere and um, playoff type of game this season, we always talk about, you know, Omar Pasha always gets a result against the Giants every single season, and he does. Once a year, he and, does, yeah. You know, they, they come in, and, and again, just to follow up on what Davey said, I thought they were really good. I, you know, being 2-0 up at the end of the first period, um, which Darcy and I talked about in between the periods of self, we won. we are lucky to be two up. Um, now, that doesn't take away from, from the two finishes, you know, obviously, Rainer getting uh, a tip in front, and, and I'm pretty sure come off one of the defenseman's leg, and then you know you, you've got to take that puck luck when it comes along because it will go against you at some point. We got the goal from Haas off uh, from Bomber, sorry, off Haas's back. There was another one that took a deflection in as well. Morrison had a lot of rubber thrown at him, um, but you know overall the whole game itself, and and I thought we were brilliant. I genuinely, and even in the first period, I, I genuinely thought that the stars played really, really well in the first minute. Our first first for 15 minutes. But once we got the first goal and then got the second goal so quickly towards and then towards the end of the first period, we started to dominate. We come out in the second period. We really controlled what, what way we were, the, the puck was going. Basically, you know, we didn't give any up any odd man rushes up. We just controlled the game. And that's one thing that when you're winning, you, you get more and more confident. Davies touched on the guys in practice. You can see that in practice. There's more chirping going on. There's guys taking the piss. There's guys, oh, sorry. There's guys having a laugh. Um, you know, there's, what you see the incidents with the likes of, you know, when there's a, when there's a goal scored in training against Besco, he gets a puck and pass them at any time. But when there's a puck goes into the net against Besco in practice and everybody starts cheering, you know, you know that Besco's sitting there going, right, the next one's coming down to me, they're going to get cut in half, or I'm going to make sure he doesn't get the puck past me. So that builds up a lot of camaraderie. It, it basically gets the guys all in, because you're winning. You know, we talk about seven games in a row there before an end of the weekend, and I know some people got upset over it. Um, I get, I absolutely understand. It's not something you keep on keeping a track of, but we are eight games deep now. We are eight wins in a row. We've got five coming up on Friday. We've got the um, 
five come up on Saturday. We've got a really good chance here to put a really good string of wins together. It's not going to be easy against Fife. They had a great win last night against Dundee. Um, I think it was 6-3 uh, in Dundee, which is never an easy place to go to. But all we can do is concentrate on what we can do. It doesn't matter what every other club does or what results are happening in other, other ranks around the country. We've got to concentrate on what we're doing. We've got to concentrate one game at a time. And if we can do that, then we'll be all right. So long, long way to go. Let's not get too overexcited. It's eight games. Yep, it's all great at the minute. Uh, but we're getting the puck block coming our way. And as I say, you take it because you just never know when it's going to turn. I can just follow straight on from that, yeah, Paddy. Uh, you know that you talk about us getting the puck luck, and we always talk about kind of needing a wee bit of the rub of the green to put a run together, and, and that's what you know championship teams do. But it's it's maybe a cliche, but do you know that old line: the harder I work, the luckier I get. We are going to the right areas and doing the right things, and that's why we're getting goals in off arses and why we're getting lucky tips and whatever else going on. It's because we're doing the work. Uh, it's fascinating to see as well in the background, just off what says is saying. You know, I'm, I'm not in practice, but I do get to speak to the coach after games. And Adam Keith has always been the dictionary definition of never getting high with the highs and low with the lows. He is such a cool head, even with this run. You know, he he himself didn't know about kind of seven unbeaten until it was talked about in media after that Dundee game. Um, and and it's just from what Simon's saying, you can see it. It's all over the coach that all he is focused on is the next game, the next shift, and nothing else in the league, not what's going on anywhere else, but what the Belfast Giants can do. And even in his post games, you listen to him talk about, well, there's one or two things I saw that I think we could even improve on and get better on again. You know, you look at maybe like the power play, little bits and pieces that we can just keep tweaking. But listen, momentum is massive in sport and we have a ton of it right now. And do you know what as well? I know all you, you and all the other grumpy boys, Paddy, don't like talking about Freak, uh, but uh, listen, if uh, if you're on a if you're on a run like that, that sells tickets, mate. Let the club let the club make some cash. Heard, if I'm a casual and I know that they're unbeaten in eight, I'm going to the next game to see if they can do, make it. I heard Nigel Ringland mention it this morning on BBC Radio All Star. I'm like, oh, come on, Nigel, not <laughs> come on. Yeah, but no, it's of course, of course, set my ways. That's just the way I am. Um, that's, highlights that's why, from that uh, game. That's why Gary Jackson tweets you every week and says the word shut it. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> highlights in that game, uh, Belfast Giants TV. Big shout out to actually the the Neil Whiteside. The, the highlights in that game were out in two hours or something like that. It was absolutely ridiculous how quickly those highlights were turned around and stuck on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Fantastic work as always from the guys. He, he, he got to watch the game on Friday night. Neil had um, had to take COVID protocol there the week before last. All as right, well. okay. so, um, you know, he, he he changed a few things around in the production. Uh, side of things. Um, Rachel was doing the, the game night the details and the likes of dance cam and the chuckle puck and what have you. Um, and Neil took over to basically watch the game and take the details down when there was plays happening, big saves, and and, uh, and that's what you get when you when the kid can do what he can do. And again, yeah. another brilliant highlight package. Outstanding as always. You get that on YouTube and, from Belfast Giants and, TV. And, and obviously the we stat that we came up with, Paddy, that the club now 23 years that they've never lost on New Year's Eve. Absolutely phenomenal. And I've only conceded one goal in New Year's Eve games ever. <laughs> what was the how many games were played in New Year's Eve? One? Talk let's talk about the Panthers game. We'll time. move it on to the next <laughs> the game. <laughs> 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 but we, we do have we, we're going to move it on to the game that took place yesterday on uh, Monday against the Nottingham Panthers we do have Tyler Soy waiting in the wings we're going to race through the chat about this and then go talk to him but um, 
it was an enjoyable one, as it always is when you beat the Nottingham Panthers in the National Ice Centre. Uh, 3,914 people crammed into that massive arena to watch a 7-2 victory for your Belfast Giants over the Panthers. David Goodwin opened the scoring after only 25 seconds, and Scott Conway followed that up about two minutes later. And then Cam Knight followed that up about two minutes after that. They pulled one back in Mark Matheson before uh, Ben Lake got the first of his four. Um, yeah, so the next four went to, to Ben Lake, and the only other goal from Nottingham Panthers came from Matthew Myers. And goal, Kevin Carr, 34 shots on, seven goals against. And in our net, Besco, 29 shots on. Two goals against Liam Sewell and Dulce were your referees. Simon, I'll start with you. Last time we spoke in this podcast, it was about a five-goal victory for the Belfast Giants over the Nottingham Panthers. And we had a tweet in from a Patrick Smith in Manchester. He seems to have tweeted again. And he <laughs> says, I wonder if you agree with him. Uh, yeah, slap it up you. You're missing out the 7-2 victory in the 12th of December as well, Patrick. So, um, you know, if you, can, if you can... If you can get back to that game, Manchester and tell him that he's that was a five goal victory. That was a five. That was a five goal victory as well, mate. That's what I said. Yes, it was absolutely. It's um, <laughs> you know we've been we've had their number this year so far. Um, I think it's fair to say that the Panthers aren't the team that they um, always want to be, um, and we absolutely gobbed them. So you know you've you've got twenty five seconds in, you get your first goal. That's the second game in a row where we scored in the first shift against them. Yep. Um, you know, the, the next shift out from that top line again, they get another goal. Um, you get a goal a couple of minutes later from um, Cam Knight, I think Cam it was, wasn't it? Not too sure if it went the whole way through, but they take a, a deflection in front. And again, that's where your puck block comes in. And then it was a Ben Lake show. Um, you know, Lakers was absolutely outstanding. I keep on pumping his tires. I think he's brilliant. I really, really do think he's brilliant. Um, he just doesn't shoot the puck enough. Uh, you know, he, he obviously he, he decided to shoot it there at the weekend, or sorry, last night, um, and coming up with four goals. But if you look what he's done over the last few games, he missed two games with that suspension. Then COVID hit, and obviously he didn't get back on the ice again. But, you know, you look at what he's done um, since then as well. Laker is top, top quality. I just don't think he gets the points that he deserves. Um, but, you know, it, it's you, you just love beating the Panthers. I don't care where you play them. If it's home or away or a neutral venue, you just <clears throat> love to beat the Panthers. Um, so it's just dominant performance. We talked about a dominant performance over Dundee. We talked about another dominant performance. Even the 3-1 victory in Guildford, which we haven't sort of just glossed over. That first period in Guildford uh, was absolutely outstanding, I think, with some like 26 shots um, in the first period alone. So, you know, we're, we're on a roll at the minute. The guys are playing really, really well. Um, but to get another seven goals against the Panthers, you gotta love it. Like, I mean, it's it's just absolutely outstanding. You couldn't beat them enough. <laughs> the uh, five on five. I remember we chatted through the game as well on 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 WhatsApp. Says you know, on Joel, five on five. The Giants were absolutely dominant. They, they got their first goal through a power play. They got their second goal on the back end of a power play. Uh, but five on five, they were unable to touch us. Yeah, and, and you know there there was maybe a, a brief moment where that game tightened up, uh, but but it really did not last for long, and it was just sort of taking a few back to back penalties. Do you know what it is, Patty? This is the kind of moment that Davy McJimsey deserves to revel in. So I'm going to leave that to him. Um, if I can just talk to you, one thing I picked up in the post game, I thought it was really interesting. Tim Wallace, God love Tim Wallace right now. I mean, he's 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 a he's a beaten no. man. Like he's a no. he's, <laughs> he's a man no, under pressure. Not. Good. Uh, 
I thought I thought what he was saying in his post game was interesting though. You know, the, the, he was talking about uh, the 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 fixtures coming thick and fast, and the fact that they are, are having absolutely no time to practice, and they need practice, they need time to practice, blah blah blah. And I'm so used to hearing coaches, and I'm pretty sure Kiefer has said it even just in, in my own post games and stuff before that the best practice you've got is rolling on to the next game. You know, the going into game tempo staying on a busy schedule and, and staying at that speed is the best kind of practice you've got. That says to me that there are some real fundamental problems here. The Nottingham Panthers really don't have an awful lot of anything to build on right now. That seems to me like he needs breathing room to go and look at their systems, look at their lines, look at their personnel. Uh, it's it's not just a, oh, we're on a bit of a slump right now. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep plugging away and maybe turn it around. It sounds to me like he's saying the opposite of what I'm so used to hearing coaches saying. Um, you know, I just I hear that over and over and over again that the best practice is more games. Um, but I just I just think that the 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 rot is in the foundations this year with that Nottingham Panthers team. I don't remember seeing them just as shaky and as clueless and headless as, as what they are. Just really telling from the coach the way he spoke. I, I agree. I think Wallace is in trouble. I think Doucette's in trouble. Um, the, the Nottingham Panthers are not shy and throwing money at teams. I see a lot of their fans shouting about how they think this is a cheap team and that mm-hmm. they've not invested in it, not invested enough. I think it's actually quite the opposite. I think they've invested as they normally do. It's just been poorly recruited and they don't have a guy on the bench who's able to motivate them in the way that maybe Corey Nielsen has in the past. You know, if you're going to if you're going to pick up the, the the coach of the Milton Keynes Lightning and think that you're going to get the Tampa Bay Lightning, then you're very much mistaken. And it's it, it, that seems to be what they have behind the bench. And yeah, they were trying to do, maybe they're trying to do a bit of a reset from the years of, we've, we spoke about Guy Moran being the general manager and, 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 and the, the years of success he had with Corey Nielsen. But Corey Nielsen was the real hockey man who was able to make all the great decisions. And they brought in Guy Doucette, who's made these you know, made decisions that he's made, and the players that they've brought in, and it's not working. They've lost some imports over the last couple of, couple of weeks, and the investment hasn't gone back in to bring in new ones. Well, that's down to COVID, or whether it's a decision by the actual management of the club that looking at the team that they have, looking at the the product on the ice looking at where they're sitting and how they're falling, do they really want to put more money into this club with these two guys who are going to sit there where they're going to get nothing from it because they're not showing, they're not be able to turn it around? That's that's questionable. You know, fundamentally, I just go back to what, what you two chances. It's just good to beat the Panthers, David. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember who was on the other. It was after we beat them 7-2 at home. Was it Bush? It was so and I was saying like anytime you beat the Panthers sort of by five goals, you've made an old man very happy. And, and again last night, you know, but to go on to what Joel said, fundamentally their defensive system is is brutal. Their their, their net front coverage is appalling. You take possibly bar Lakers one where he, he's fallen and scores as he falls. As four goals, all he had to do last night was get open in front of the net, and that's what we did very, very well. The boys went and got open in front of the net. You add, you add Lakers four goals together, you wouldn't be at the dots. You know, he's done them all from the top of the blue paint. And right from the start of the game, you know, Goody gets that first one with a lovely feed. And, and then the second one comes from a defensive giveaway and, and it, it's, it gets its way into two um, cons. Um, Cam Knight has lots of presence in front of, of Carr and he shoots through it all. And, and then you come up with Lakers four goals again, all just getting loose in front. And the Panthers were awful if if you if we were critiquing that from a belfast giants and we were leaking goals like that you'd be really really worried about where you were going to end up you'd be looking at your playoff position already and going 
are we going to make the postseason? And for this stage of the season, for the Nottingham Panthers and that Galacticos, as they're always, you know, the, the Facebook Galacticos they always put together, that's an expensively assembled roster who are not performing for a coach who is under big, big pressure. I'm going great. to, I'm actually going to now bring in a man who was involved in the game yesterday just to give us his take on not the Nottingham Panthers, but more <clears throat> a case on how the uh, the teams, the, the Giants performed over the Christmas period and most notably in the game uh, yesterday. Uh, an assist for uh, one of Ben Lake's goals, two assists in total from David. Sorry, I'm looking at the Elite League website, who was down as one. But uh, hey. please welcome to A View from the Bridge, Tyler Soy. How are you, sir? Hey. Hi, guys. Can you hear Hi, me sir. all right? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. No, no worries. You've been you've been sitting listening to our diatribe in the background there and, and how much we are. Uh, we, we enjoyed yesterday's game. What was your take in yesterday's game? Um, well, I think you guys, you know, basically said it all. We, we had a really good start, got out to an early lead in a good first period and then just Laker took over and, you know, he put four <laughs> goals in. And when, when somebody scores four goals, it's kind of hard to lose a game. So I think overall uh, the team played well. Um, obviously, they were successful on their power play. But other than that, I think we, we shut them down and we played really well ourselves. That's that's 14 goals in the last... Obviously, we can go back, but that's 14 goals in the last two games. Two for yourself the, the other night as well. It, we're scoring very freely at the moment. Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> um, I love it. It's awesome when, uh, <laughs> when, uh, when the boys are, you know, able to put the puck in the net like that. But um, I think you guys touched on it a little bit, but one of the things that Kiefer's been saying and that we've been doing a lot more is just having a good net presence, getting around the net. You know, a lot of the goals that you've seen, uh, especially in the last... I don't know, five, six, seven games, a lot of the goals are coming right in around the net in the crease or shots in the point with a couple of bodies in front of the net. Um, I think we're just going to those dirty areas to, to score and it's been paying off really well. So, you know, hopefully we can keep doing that. Davey, you're on mute. Oh, standard. Uh, sorry. But <laughs> How much you're to mate? Oh, well, you know, amateur podcast, mate. Um, <laughs> How's it been for yourself, Tyler, since you, you've came in? You know, there's been times where it's gone a wee, a wee bit up and down for this season, but you're going through a rich vein of form, it would seem, at the moment. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry about keep clearing my throat here. Um, I, I mean, I'm obviously, I'm happy with how the, the last little stretch has gone individually, but, um, you know, it's just nice that the teams went in. Like you got, you guys mentioned it, like the practices, every, everything's just better when, when the team's winning. So uh, to be able to chip in a little bit more offensively and, um, you know, actually put some, put some pucks in the net and, you know, set some guys up, it, it feels really good. Obviously the, the first half of the year didn't really go the way that I would have hoped uh, on an individual level. Obviously, I think the team's doing great, and hopefully, we can continue the run that we're on. But uh, yeah, it's things are feeling good right now. Tyler, I want to just touch on what you, what you said there about the start of the season. You didn't think you were um, personally you weren't going too well, but it's a big move for you. It's your first time playing overseas, and it does take that little bit of time for some guys to settle in. How easy was it, or how hard was it to settle in um, coming into a different country? Obviously, it's 
it's, I, would, I would say it's you know it's an English speaking country, but sometimes <laughs> we don't really get what we say. Um, but, you know, how easy was it to, for for the transition from North America to the UK? Uh, obviously, it's tough to really know what to expect. Uh, but I gotta give the organization and and just the team, like the group of guys, I gotta give everyone a, a lot of credit because um, you know everyone's done gone out of their way to make. Uh, a lot of the new guys and myself feel really comfortable being here. Um, the transition, I thought it's been pretty good. Um, there's been a few things personally that have gone on off the ice and stuff, but, you know, don't, don't really want to make any excuses or as to why, you know, oh, I'm not scoring or whatever, because this has happened or that's happened. But, um, you know, I think the transition over has been great. The team has been great. Um, and yeah, like I'm just happy that things are rolling as they are right now, and hopefully they can keep going. And that let's roll that forward to the last three four weeks. Obviously, a little bit of a uh, bit of time off there with the COVID protocol for a lot of the guys. But you know, you picked up two goals the other night. You had two on Boxing Day as well, I think it was. You're starting to find the net a bit more. But is that because you're playing with guys on a regular basis and you feel comfortable with them? Yeah, um, I think that plays a, a bit of a part in it. Um, I think just, you know, the fact that I've, you know, maybe scored once or twice, that just, you know, every every game that you can get a goal, I think you're, it'll just help your confidence. And when you get more confidence, uh, things are going to go a lot better. And um, But, yeah, playing with guys, obviously, it has been a bit all over the place at times, but when you can get a bit more consistent with some with some line mates, that, that really helps a lot. Um and just, I think, just overall, everybody's been playing at quite a high level in, in the last couple of weeks, and it's been paying off. Like you're seeing, obviously, JJ and, and Scott, and when they're playing with Goody or whoever it is, they they've been producing like crazy. They're having a great year, and you know, other guys like I've finally been able to chip in a bit. Dogs has chipped in a bit. Uh, Laker just got four goals. Like it's everybody down the line has been producing a lot more as of lately, and. You know, it's just a, it's a fun time right now. Uh, Tyler, I, and I'm sorry in advance to Davey if I'm robbing a question off him here. Davey has spoken <laughs> on this show even, you know, early in, early in the season, um, as you referenced there, just about finding your feet, uh, starting to find those points, kind of find those opportunities on goal. Um, one thing I think that you arrived in Belfast with was potential. And, and to be fair to Davey, it's something that he's maintained the whole way through and he's currently basking in that uh, that hot take right now as it, <laughs> as it all comes good. Um, but I, I hope Giants fans have taken a look at your career, uh, but your, your time spent in the WHL, you spent your junior career in the WHL with the Victoria Royals between 13 and 17. In 323 games, you had 327 points, uh, 151 goals, 176 assists, Good for the club's all-time leader in games played, goals, assists, and points, and three assistant captains, uh, captaincies. Sorry, in that time, uh, you know, it, it, it's whenever you look back on that as a, as a sort of body of work. Whenever you look at your time in the WHL, uh, that that junior career for you uh, was that really the the springboard for you into your your pro career? Um, was that really whenever you felt things kind of light up? Uh, you obviously had some time in new sports as well, but that to me just seems like a real stamp that you've made on on the junior scene there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, um, I, I loved playing in Victoria. I had a great time there. I played with a lot of really good players, and played. You know, we had some pretty good teams. Um, didn't really go as far in the playoffs some years as I would have loved to, but um, I can't 
say enough good things about playing in Victoria. And yeah, I think that has, has definitely helped me, uh, you know, prepare and, and, you know, continue my journey on towards playing, playing pro. As part of that, and, and very rightly so, very well deserved, you got your, your first kind of taste of, of, of pro hockey. Um, you, you went to the AHL, played with San Diego Gulls, which I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, boys, Colin Shields played for San Diego once upon a yes, time. Yes, he did. He did, yeah. And, uh, and also in the coast uh, with the Tulsa Oilers. Um, how did it feel uh, to, to kind of get that first pro goal, get the, the, the gear on in, in the AHL on the coast? Uh, are those memories that, that are probably, whenever you, this is all said and done, <laughs> that you'll look back as, as highlights, those kind of first, the first taste of, of the, pro, uh, the pro life? Uh, for sure. Uh, I think, you know, I've been playing hockey for 16, 17, um, probably even more than that, but many years. So, you know, when you, when you really look back across it all, um, there's, there's obviously little moments here and there from minor hockey into junior and into, you know, like you're saying those, those first couple of games pro or, or scoring or, um, just a number of different things, but, uh, but yeah, there, there's definitely a few, a few of those games, a few of those moments that, you know, I'll, I think I'll remember forever. And lastly for me, sorry, boys, I know we got a lot of questions from Twitter, um, but how many of those assists were no look passes from behind the net? Because that will be a Tyler Soy for the rest of my time following this uh, ice hockey club. It's, it's now got a name. How many? That's bound to be your thing. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's it's just lucky that uh, that it's happened a couple of times, but uh, Far too you know, I'll take it. So thank you. <laughs> the uh, I'm going to go to Twitter for a couple. Um, on the back of actually some of the questions that Jules asked, Alison McLaughlin wanted to ask you how's your experience playing for Canada under 18s when you went to the junior 18s there. Uh, it was it was unreal. Um, I was fortunate enough to play. Uh, for Canada, for both of the under 18 tournaments, one of them we won, the other one, uh, I believe we came third, maybe. Or, yeah, uh, honestly, I don't remember, it's a while ago, but <laughs> I was very fortunate to play for them. Some of the guys that I played with are you know, incredible people and incredible players. I mean, there's a handful, if not more, that are in the NHL right now and very impactful players in the NHL, a lot of guys in the AHL. Um, you know, the Hockey Canada program is, it's a pretty good one. Obviously, you know, the players, the caliber that comes through that, uh, those programs are, are pretty exceptional. So I'm just, I'm very lucky and fortunate that I was uh, able to be a part of it. One from Johnny Baxter saying, you know, probably reflecting back on what we all talked about, but he wants to know, you know, have you changed your approach at all from the start of the season that's allowed you to be a bit more fluent now in your scoring? Um, I, I think on the ice, I wouldn't say I've changed too much. Off the ice, I think just um, maybe the mental side of things. I've always been quite hard on myself, and uh, especially you know during those stretches where I wasn't really contributing offensively, I was definitely getting very hard on myself. And you know, I've tried to just <clears throat> change my mentality up a little bit, and not to say to not care at all, but just to. You know, if if I miss a chance or something, just you know, try to move on to the next play. Think about the next play instead of going back and just constantly being, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. Um, so definitely just changing my mindset up a little bit, and you know, trying to cut myself some slack here and there. And I guess it's been paying off. 
Uh, one more here from Patrick Walsh. Do you have any pregame rituals to go with that DJ set you personalize pregame music? The fans heard in Boston Day. <laughs> Tunes. I got a I, one of the one note on the on the playlist. There is. Uh, I got to give a, a shout out to my good friend Chad Butcher. He's he's playing uh, back over in North America right now. And when when I got the email about handing in a playlist, I was just like, oh, I don't know what to put on this. So I <laughs> right away, and I was like, Hey man, like. They hooked me up with some songs that you know would be good in a warm up, and and he he's the one that helped me out with it. And uh, I think it's more of a upbeat and high energy kind of kind of playlist. But uh, other than that, uh, I don't really have too many rituals or superstitions. I guess just I would get dressed in the same order in the same way. But uh, you know maybe play a sewer ball game with some of the guys to touch before the games. But other than that, I'm, uh, I'm pretty easy going. Well, big thanks to, to everybody who sent in. There are a lot of questions on Twitter that we got for you. We're going to keep you around. Usually at this point, Tyler, we, we let people go. We let the players go. We're going to keep you around just for a couple of minutes more, if that's okay, because we'll yep. move on to the next section. And the next section is the nominees for the, uh, the Player of the Month, sponsored by Phonacab for the month of December. And I'm going to bring up the video of the of who we've we asked people to nominate who they think should be the Player of the Month. And we've come up with four nominees. And those nominees are, if they ever appear on the screen, JJ Pickenich, Tyler Beskarowani, and number 71, Tyler Soy. I think Jeff Baum is supposed to be in there as well. Let's play that video again. And no, so those are is. four nominations. There we go. There he is. Jeff Baum, T JJ Pignich, Tyler Beskarowani, and Tyler Soy. Um, and I'll start with you, Davey. Who's your, who are you going to pick for uh, Player of the Month? <laughs> Oh, I think I know you're the, you're the, you're the, you're the, you're, you're the campaign an, manager here. This is an absolute slam dunk. Who was it used to really go nuts on Twitter to get him? Alex Foster. Up? Alex Foster. <laughs> this this um Tyler, I don't know whether you know that there's there's a trophy that probably sits in the locker room, Simon. I don't know anymore. Um it's been going for what about five, six years now, maybe even more. Every month it's voted for and 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 some players get really involved in it. The guy that used to play for us, Alex Foster, got involved North America for getting people to vote for him but um it's 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 easy to vote for jj picking it's because he's been outstanding really from the start of the season bombers first year pro doing really well best go saving at the back but for me just for the turnaround and fortunes and, and as he said himself there just working hard every day and waiting for those opportunities he's um you know two points a game last two games so we're running on average two points a game we're starting again 2022 you know so this guy's a two point a game player so my vote's for Tyler Soy. Tyler, if you were to Thanks. vote for anybody except for yourself out of those three lads, who would you vote for? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, but you can vote for yourself. You can vote for yourself. Oh, you can absolutely yeah. vote for yourself. No. I assume you would vote for yourself. Davey's in overdrive here. So you've got to also remember that the, some of the boys listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> Well, JJ's my roommate, so if I don't say him, then I'll, I'll get him <laughs> but, but and also he's been having a phenomenal year. Um, Vesco, well, I think in the last eight eight or so games, he's maybe allowed two goals as the most, two one or two goals in all, in all those games, and a couple shutouts there. 
Bomber has been playing unreal. I feel like he just keeps getting better and better all year. So, okay, yeah. uh, honestly, any of those guys, I'd be happy with uh, with getting it. So they've all been pretty incredible. Fantastic. So I'm going to chat to the other two guys, and I'll put you on the spot, and I'll put them on the spot as well. We'll no, talk about it. But put thanks. Spot, oh, no. Put them on the spot there. I, I Sorry, want to I've only put you in the spot, Davey, because you, you're 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 the Tyler Soy campaign manager. You know what I mean? You're, exactly you're, you're what he is. Right He'll be your campaign manager, Choisey. I get this quote on Twitter here. This is... Every day in the next couple of days, Davey Mitchell will be tweeting out trying to get your votes. Yeah. All right, sounds good. Maybe I'll give it a like or retweet or something. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Listen, if you think if you think I'm going to say anybody there. else other than Tyler Soy with him on this show, come on, I mean, that's why, <laughs> that's, why, that's, why, that's why I'm going to drop him out, Mike. So it so says you don't says, have to look says, 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 says who you want. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. what I mean, says. No, I have to admit, Soy, I think you've been brilliant the last few weeks. Absolutely outstanding. <laughs> but, and only but for four game winning goals in December. And the goal that he scored against Dundee, the second goal, and just so happens to be a goal, game winning goal as well. On Friday night on New Year's Eve, uh, I'm voting for JJ Pickett. That goal was absolutely outstanding. The shot was incredible. Yeah. I was right behind it. Um, it. He couldn't have he couldn't have placed it any better if he had walked over, lifted the puck <laughs> off the ice, and stuck <laughs> in the top corner. And if, he, like, if he's if he's there, if he's in the he's in the, the room with you tonight, if he's in the the in the apartment with you tonight, ask him what I told him after the game because he nearly peed himself. Um, but. Top top quality, and again, that's just my vote this month. For, for, all, the, for, all, the list, for all the listeners out there, you did, to be fair, it was a nice finish. Kyle or Kyle Haas has screened the goal. Just you pipe down, son. Pipe down. Think, Put you on, Patrick. You think about it. <laughs> Put yourself he, on mute. He scored from in front of that. So as he scored from behind the net, that takes that takes <laughs> hockey eyes to his physics. And as we said earlier on, gave himself the goal, which was like a, a yeah, that was that was that was very important. Absolutely. Talk us through that one. So I see where you've sort of one of those you've, you've told the, the referee that's a goal. Well, I just got to say, one of those goals takes a lot of skill. The other one takes a lot of luck. It's one of the things I brought up in the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, and I've I've been lucky enough where I get to watch a lot of practices, um, both this year and over the years. And I did say a couple of weeks ago regarding your personal side of things, I think you're one of the most talented stick handlers, controllers of the puck, um, just the way you see the game that we've ever had, especially in the last few years anyway. I mean, what you can do with it. And I, I'm just waiting for the day to do what Trevor Segrist did a few weeks ago and get somebody, you know, big Mark Cooper out front that batted in um, or a Michigan goal. I'm just waiting for it to happen because I know it's going to – I know you're going to give it a go at some point. But, um, no, I, <laughs> honestly, I think you're top, top quality. You get if you do give it a go, you might get his vote. But until then, JJ picking it. <laughs> so, you know, tough. Well, no, I appreciate the I appreciate the kind words, but I, I don't know if I'll be trying that. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Go on, Joel. Go, go on, Joel. Look, Tyler saw in the eye. Tell him you're voting for somebody else. Go on, do it. Do it. If you if you think I am going to surrender any sort of uh, respect I have on this show and tell Tyler Soy that he's my player of the month shout just because he's here, you'd be absolutely correct. Tyler Soy. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed on. I'm gonna say, what about, I'm what gonna about say, you, Patrick? 
I'm going to say exactly the same. I'm voting for Tyler Soy. Well, that's true or not. I'll decide let's when I like, make my vote. But, you know, Tyler Soy, absolutely. <laughs> but, listen, Tyler, thank you very much for being a good sport on that. And uh, you've been playing brilliantly. Keep it up. And uh, good luck this weekend against the Five Flyers. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been fun. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, mate. See you soon. Top, top guy. Thanks very much to Tyler Soy for joining us. And uh, yes, the Player of the Month Award will go online at 9 a.m. on Wednesday and will be online until Friday at 5 p.m. Go to A View From The Bridge Twitter at uh, twitter.com forward slash AVFTB and choose yours from Jeff Baum, uh, Tyler Beskarowani, JJ Pickenich or Tyler Soy. Uh, as for your Phonacab Player of the Month, big thanks to Phonacab as always for sponsoring the award. Um, and we'll move onwards, gentlemen. We, uh, we're actually going to go back a little bit and talk uh, to Mr. Jonathan Boxall. Jonathan Boxall, back at the SSA Arena. After the 5-1 victory over the Glasgow clan, and uh, you must be glad to put a jersey back on again. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's amazing how this has all fallen into place. And, you know, whether you believe it or not with destiny and stuff like that, I mean, everything, everything's gone right to make this a possibility. And I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to come back and be part of the team again. And, and you know, when you step away from the game for as long as I have, just call it what it is, right? You never think you're going to do something like this again. And to, to kind of, even if it's, you know, one night or a few nights, whatever it is, it really is special. And, and it's funny, right? You speak to guys that, that I played with and I'm still very, very close with, and I told them, and everyone has the same reaction, which is like, I mean, that's what everybody dreams of, right? It's just, you know, one last chance to do it because trust me, when you step away from the game, life is different and you look back at it with great fond memories. Obviously that final season was amazing, but to be able to do it again, one game or however many games it is, is just awesome. So I'm just so thankful. And I need you to talk us through exactly how we got to here because it literally was, a, you know, you were looking for tickets um, for, you know, a, a place where it had been close to your parents' house in Surrey. And um, when we played on, we play on Guildford on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So um, originally it was supposed to be myself, Alyssa and Ophelia coming home for Christmas because um, obviously I haven't been home in almost two years and Ophelia's never met my granddad. So we were planning on doing a family trip and I saw that the Giants were playing Guildford. So very excited to come see the team obviously the guys are doing well this year which is awesome so i texted um keith about tickets and i also facetimed darcy about a week ago and he made a comment about obviously there was the issue with numbers and stuff so from there it kind of became a possibility and uh, it went from can i have tickets to do you want to bring the gear so um, you know i'm just i'm just so thankful as i said like it's it's just crazy even you know i was in I was in Vegas about three, four weeks ago for work, and oh, never, sounds, I, sounds tough. No, yeah, I, 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 um, and, and I never played with the guy, right? But I met him at Garside's testimonial. But Matt Pellich, mm -hmm. we became friendly. We both sell similar technology, and uh, he was in Vegas, and we met and had dinner and drinks, and you know, talked about our experiences and, and living in Belfast and playing here. And we both kind of said to each other, "Imagine, imagine going back to that." And it's just crazy that that literally was three weeks, three, four weeks ago. And now it's a possibility. So he was one of the first guys, ironically, so, you know, I never played with the guy, but it's just those bonds and-, and Absolutely top lad. Like, yeah, great guy. Yeah, and obviously you're, you're a father now. Um, how old's Ophelia now? She's one, yeah. She, it was her first birthday um, a few weeks ago. So yeah, yeah. it was uh, just amazing how quickly they grew up. That and if you, when you get the Wednesday in Guildford, is she gonna be at the game? No, unfortunately, oh. unfortunately they, they, weren't able to, they weren't able to travel, which also increased making this a possibility. Oh, right, okay, so, you okay. know, I'm here. 
Um, so they stayed back in Boston um, for COVID reasons and everything. Um, so yeah, just here by myself and that also made it, as I said, far more of a possibility. So yeah, just, and they watched the game and, and Higgy watched the game and my parents watched the game. So yeah, it was, it was cool. It's obviously your first shift. Oh, um, well, you know, actually, let's let's go back. It was actually there's the warm up. You yeah, no, no, no. I'll go one step further than that. So pre-game skate this morning, I skate. I stepped onto the ice, and obviously, I still skate a decent amount in Boston. And um, you skate with Higgy every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We skate quite a bit. Um, and even the the basic sort of beginning of a practice when guys skate around, do laps, and shoot into the empty net. I, I stepped on and saw the way guys are moving the park and the speed. I was like, <laughs> and the guy who runs the skates back in Winthrop in Boston, um, his name's Larry. And I, the first thing I thought was, I was like, well, I'm not out here with Larry and the boys anymore. <laughs> I'm out with the Giants. So, but um, but no, it's cool. It's just. And then the the, the uh, pregame skate, the warm up skate. Yeah, um, that was, I seen that was... I seen Basco just. Uh taking his time coming out the door yeah yeah that was uh he he made that clear that i was gonna have to do that so ironically i think the, the people who control the timings and stuff as i was going on the ice i said you're 18 seconds early <laughs> i was like i'm just getting this out the way <laughs> we'll, we'll take those 18 seconds for me to skate around and then we'll get the boys on so no it was um it was cool 5-1 victory um again being part of a, of a belfast giant squad in front of a, of a home crowd at the ssa arena um and obviously you know it's not a bad christmas present yeah, I mean, it's, as you, as you said, right, like, I, I, I'd be lying if I thought I'd ever get the chance to do this again. Um, and I'm just, I'm just very, very thankful for the opportunity, right? Like, it's, you just, these things don't happen. Like, everyone I've spoken to, whether it's Danny Myers or other people that, you know, David Clark reached out, like a bunch of guys, and everybody says the same thing. Like, it's just so cool and just such an, uh, an amazing opportunity. So I'm just, I know I keep saying it, but I'm just very, very thankful. And the fact that we won is even even better, right? Well, to be honest, I'm really thankful you came because Kiefer had the conversation with me last week to get my skates. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I needed a line, mate. We needed, we needed, I was on, I was on the bagel line, me and, me and Mac. So we needed a sensor. So yeah, maybe you should, maybe you should put your name in the hat. No thanks, <laughs> man. No thanks. My skates are just, they're happy enough on a Sunday night. Boxy, great to see you back in Belfast, mate. And uh, we, I'm hoping it's not going to be your last game. Uh, in Belfast. Fingers crossed, but if it is, then, you know, what a way to go out. So, very thankful. Fantastic to see Boxy back. And you know what? One of the things I thought, not just from that that interview, from the ones watching on YouTube, but when I saw him uh, uh, on the ice and whatever, he's in great shape. He's in great shape. He said he's back on the ice. If you follow, like, I follow him on Strava, and he's always on the bike. He is always on the, constantly cycling. That lad. And he said, and then, but then I looked, just looked there to see when his last thing was on Strava. His last thing on Strava is when he went around Rollport Rush the other day with Deco. It's like you can't Strava that. That's just a wonder around Rollport Rush. Come on. But uh, no, listen, you can see his enthusiasm for the game. You can see his enthusiasm for the Belfast. I remember when he was at the Milton Keynes Lightning and he was dying to get back to the Belfast Giants. Yeah. And it's just fantastic to see that he got that opportunity. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see him back in some capacity with the Belfast Giants, be that maybe he will play another game, maybe a couple of games, or maybe just even just as a fan, you know, it'd be great to see Boxy back at the SSE arena. And thanks, thanks to him and, and yourself since we're doing that interview with him. Um, news, Mr. Neil. Yeah. Uh, can, can we talk about the unfulfilled dream of seeing Simon Kitchen play for the Giants? I, I'm, I'm going to hold on to that dream for as long as I live, boys. <laughs> There's time yet. You can eat some minutes, says. No, not a chance. I can eat some. I can eat a queer bit of things, but I'm not going to be. Able to <laughs> but, 
there's like we, we can go over old grind here and i think we did I, we probably touched on it says when we did the one-on-one with you and in, in lockdown right back at the start of the first lockdown when we we're doing those one-on-ones they're probably still available on soundcloud some of them are great um and there's probably some still to go out you had probably should have had the opportunity uh, i know you'll tell the story if you want to but like that first season probably should have had the opportunity to at least get the opportunity to, to put yourself in a jersey yeah well i mean it, again it was, it was told before but it, it, it all stemmed back to two years before the giants actually were announced that it was going to happen and then um i was playing in the british league with the castle Knights at the time um we had a it was a tough season because we did you know you're you're again we talk about the travel that the boys have but you know we had we had away games where we, we had to take the seven o'clock ferry in the morning um and then a six-hour bus ride to blackburn to play straight away and then to get back on the bus and drive straight back to stranraer to get back on the ferry to belfast for some of the boys to go to work the next morning um so it was it i mean it was a tough tough ask it wasn't just blackburn i mean but whitley bay and and um, you know, there, there's obviously a Scottish teams and all as well. But all the glamour it, spots. I had a conversation. What's that? <laughs> all the glamour spots. All the glamour spots. You know what, mate? That that's so right. We you talked about it a few weeks ago about five being one of your favourites. Um, you know, there's there's so many good ranks. I mean, the Whitley Bay rank, how do you live just down the road from it? I mean, spent a lot of time it, there. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, it, it's it's incredible. Like, I, mean, I I don't know. Do you remember the old Durham rank? Yeah. You know, I played in Durham as well, and and. Uh, um, and it was it was bloody cold in there. You used to have to wear a duffel coat under your jersey. Um, it was crazy, like. But you no, know, look, I had I had the the conversation with Bob Zeller and, and uh, David Lloyd Club in June nineteen ninety seven, um, and it was along the lines of, "Yep, we want you to to play." We've we've heard all about you, and, and Dave Whistle was not the, the to be the coach at that point. It was a guy called uh, Gary Stephan, um, who was with Slide Jets at the time, and he. He came over and, and he was going to be the head coach along with Bob Zeller was going to be there. And we, we chatted about um, playing and, and um, what I was doing that season and everything. And, yep, everything was great. And then about three months before um, the Giants hit the ice, actually, uh, sorry, the three months before the Giants hit the ice as a team um, in England, before obviously six months before they hit the ice here, just got the call saying, look, sorry, we're not going to play any Northern Irish players. Um, and that was that. That was basically a dream over at that point. Um, we had another opportunity about four or five years later when it was elite league and Dave Whistle had a, had a look at us. And again, I was probably 10 years too old. Um, but look, it is what it is. I'm, I'm delighted to be doing what I'm doing now with the Giants and, and uh, would have really liked the opportunity. I, to be honest, I don't think I would have let myself down. And I know I'm being modest and, and uh, <laughs> probably like a bit more. What? It's not, it's not like, like me. You. Um, <laughs> but I reckon I, I don't think I would have let myself down, and I think I would have put a lot of bums on seats because you know I, I wasn't afraid to get stuck in. So it is what it is. And we uh, did get we did get the representation from the likes of um, Gareth and and and, uh, and and Mark and and those guys who were able to go out there. But it would have been good to see you out there. Says after I agree with I agree with these two gents, and the fact is you know. But that you're like you say, like you're involved in the club the way you are, you know, it's it's a bonus. 
Yeah, may the dream never die. Um, onto the onto the news, boys. Uh, it's obviously been a couple of weeks, so switch it up a little bit. We'll just take a quick rundown of the sort of uh, the current standings and where we are in the league. Um, so in the Premier Sports Elite League, since we last met on the fifteenth of December, the Sheffield Steelers have gone to OT twice in their last four, dropping one in Cardiff and winning the next at home against Glasgow. Uh, they then bagged a four point weekend in a home away series against the struggling Panthers and remain rooted to the top of the league with thirty three points from twenty games played. The Cardiff Devils sit only two points behind with 31, but crucially have played three games more than Sheffield, most recently taken all four points in another home-and-away double of their own against the Guildford Flames. Your Belfast Giants, as everyone watching or listening to this will know, are currently red-hot and sit in third with 28 points from 19 played. Watch this space, and a split weekend with the Panthers was enough to see the Manchester Storm leapfrog their way into fourth, uh, shutting them out 4-0 on New Year's Day for 20 points from 20 played. Um, after a brilliant start to the season, which I probably talked up a little bit too much, Guildford have fallen to fifth in the standings and now have 11 regulation losses in 19 games played. They are now without a win in their last five since screen mm. past Cardiff by two goals to one on the 5th of December. Dire Straits for our friends in Nottingham in sixth place with 18 points from 19 games. They have just eight regulation wins from 18. And the dubious honour of third most goals allowed in the league at the minute was 65. <laughs> uh, tough. A uh, win on New Year's Eve against the Storm is their sole victory since the last of you from the bridge. The Coventry Blaze have been having an absolutely terrible time of their own with a single regulation win since they beat the Dundee Stars 5-1 on the 7th of November. Uh, they're seventh with 14 points from 16 games played thanks to the dreaded COVID protocol whatever that is. The Dundee Stars are 8th with 13 from 19 played. Uh, they were defeated 6-3 at home by the Fife Flyers, their first game since that New Year's dismantling at the hands of your Belfast Giants, and that was last night, Monday? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the Glasgow clan sit outside playoff contention with 12 points from 15 played, and the least goal scored in the league with 37. They've picked up a single point in their last four thanks to that OT loss in Sheffield. And the Fife Flyers remain at the foot of the table with just 12 points from 18 games. That win against Dundee... Uh, was their first since the 28th of November when they defeated Nottingham 4-2. And uh, uh, <laughs> am I being corrected as we go here, boys? Is that what's going on here? No, no, it's a, a good statistic from Davey there. Davey, you're on mute, but do you want to throw that H- Hit me with it, Davey. I can see it on the screen, but hit the people. Oh, hit the people. The uh, the Belfast Giants have scored 29.23% of all goals that Nottingham Panthers have conceded this season. One in every three goals. In three games, basically, the Giants have scored one in every three goals they've conceded. It's brilliant. <laughs> 65 goals conceded and 19 of them for the Belfast Giants. And just three bits of news, boys. There's only one suspension since we last met uh, on Boxing Day in Coventry. Uh, Devils forward Stephen Dixon was assessed a major and game misconduct penalty for an illegal check to the head on Blaze D-man Dean Gibson. Uh, Dixon essentially uh, delivers a high hit to Gibson following a chase for a loose puck, uh, made his head the main point of contact on a hit where such head contact head contact excuse me is avoidable and should have been shoulder to shoulder and um, this is an interesting one for me Dops did acknowledge that Dixon attempts to make a legal body check and the contact does gra- graze Gibson's upper chest simultaneously with the head contact but the brunt of the force of the hit is delivered uh, by Dixon's shoulder to Gibson's head and they obviously again mentioned elevation on the way into the hit he comes up to make the hit so he's been fine and suspended for one game because uh, he has a clean disciplinary record previous to that incident you just see the margins getting finer and finer with these kinds of suspensions you know especially when it comes the head stuff as uh, as kind of science and, and what we continue to learn about head trauma and concussions and all that kind of stuff it's just interesting that they acknowledge that he did actually his attempt and his intention was to make a, a, a kind of legal body check but he came up and, and hit the head um, but that's the only dops since we we last sat here boys um 
David Brawl has taken that well-trodden path, uh, good evening John Kurtz, and retired from pro hockey to join the Oakville Fire Department in Ontario. Uh, the big man played for the Coventry Blaze prior to the COVID-19 shutdown and appeared in 11 games this season after some time in the ECHL during lockdown last year. And then finally, uh, a general one on restrictions. It's a, it's a whole mess and we're never going to cover the detail on postponements and whatever else but um the cardiff devils continue to play behind closed doors and wheels due to local COVID 19 restrictions and faring only slightly better in scotland with the glasgow clan and um, they would have had to have conformed to the scottish government's restrictions of 200 people total and uh, they've postponed this thursday's home game against the steelers as they await news on financial support the five flyers are going ahead as far as i know anyway on the internet tonight before we come on to record uh, with this sunday's game against your belfast giants and the Dundee Stars are currently in COVID protocol, so who knows? But it goes back to what we were saying earlier, four jurisdictions, different regulations, an absolute nightmare, and, uh, and a tip of the cap, as always, to the boys that are the boys and girls who are, are keeping this show on the road this season. Can I come in with one as well? Um, the game between the Cardiff Devils and the Guildford Flames that took place uh, behind closed doors just the other day. Uh, the referees didn't show up, and the first period was refereed by David... Who was it? Oh, M- Michael Hicks. Michael Hicks ah, back in stripes. What a comeback. You thought Johnny Boxer was regards. the miracle comeback of Christmas? <laughs> did you did you watch it at all, Joel? Did you see the... Uh, no, man, I saw nothing. So he drops the biscuit for the, the first face-off. It's zoomed in, he's got the hand up, and he drops a biscuit, takes one step. <laughs> down. Scrambles about like Bambi wee bit, gets back up. And we don't have the tape on this show right now. Standards are slipping right here. If if you go to Twitter, um, I see Days Days has got it uh, on his Twitter, wherever he got that from. So, uh, wherever he got that from, not (laughs) the bit where you um... talked about, you just mentioned Big John Kurtz. Yeah, um, he's going to the same fire station as Kurtzy. He's going to get away seriously. Station. Yeah, he's in Oakville Fire Station as well. Could you imagine giving a false call to them to you arriving at your door? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get them very quickly, like rolling coming to your two door. Two big lads coming at you. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's a, it, it is a well trawn path. The only like you look at, I think Bill Anglestad went that way as well. So yeah. it comes yeah. immediately to mind. Again, somebody, if you're not going to give a false call to, beat the living daylight to you. But uh, <laughs> nope, fabulous stuff. Uh, right. Thanks, Joel. Um, two games this weekend, Friday and Saturday, both against the Five Flash. Friday, 7 p.m. at the SSE Arena. It was supposed to be, of course, the Coventry Blaze, but they are subject to the covid protocol whatever that is um so they will not be playing uh fife have stepped in and it's a 7 p.m face off at the ssc arena or if you can't get to that game join mr kitchen on giants tv and then we're over across the rc in the the kingdom of fife to take on the flowers again at the fife ice arena in kirkcaldy and that's at 7:15 on saturday um i'm sure that'll be on flowers tv with their fabulous commentary team. Um, brief, I'm going to leave you out of it, Davy. You're on mute. You're sitting back. You yeah. can like part of this. So, I think he's so trying I'll, to tell us something. I think he's trying to tell us something. Put him out, Patty. Let's close it, mate. So go, go on, Joel. You tell us. You know, two games against five. Well, I don't know if you've heard, Patrick, but the Giants have been winning a lot lately. Um, they've actually put a bit of a run together. Um, I don't know if, if it's appeared in any news, media, marketing, whatever. Now, look, uh, 
we have covered the things that are going well right now throughout this show and uh, all we need to do all the boys need to do is keep that momentum keep the train rolling and uh, and Adam Keefe by his uh, by his post game interviews by everything he's saying uh, and any media that I see him in his sole focus is on the next one nobody is looking at the bigger picture nobody's looking at the table yet everybody's just looking at the next game up and uh Honestly, thank God we have a next game up. I don't care who it is. As long as I can keep coming to the rink and watching my team, I'm happy. And uh, and even better if we keep winning. Is this either, are these our last games against Fife? No. That's a no. Still got some to go. One more. Yeah. One more after this yeah, one. I think it, I have a funny feeling it might be the last home game of, I think it's the 3rd of April. Something ahead. It's the 3rd of April. I think you're right, actually. Yes, I was one of the last home games because the last the last games are currently are two against Sheffield away, aren't they? And then so I think yeah. you're right there just before five. But five, you know, you said it yourself earlier in the show they've they've found a little bit of form. Yeah, again, we we've had a, we've had a good record about going to five, but it's a tough place to go to, especially against a club who we've got a new guy come in that Brendan McGee, I think it is, um, played with. Griffin Reinhardt in, in the mm-hmm. KHL two seasons ago. Um, he scored one goal and two assists last night. So, you know, he, he, he's you've got to be careful. You can't be overconfident getting into these games. And, and Adam will make sure that the boys are well aware. I mean, we're I'm actually going over to the game myself on Saturday. Um, the uh, flag, we're you're taking the ferry over early morning. Um, hopefully get prepared and make sure everything's done. But you've got a game on Friday night, first of all. So, it's uh, Friday night's the most important one. That you've got to get the result. Mm-hmm. You've got to put the performance in. You've got to prepare properly. Um, and if we can do that, then we've got a chance of winning. So that's the most important thing. Absolutely. So those two games, as I said, Friday 7 p.m. at the SSE Arena against the Five Flowers. And then we go over and face the very same team in their own barn, 7.15 on Saturday. You get that on Flyers TV and you get the Friday game. Well, you can get it at the arena, get yourself down there. Good tickets still available. Or if you can't follow it there, then join Simon on Giants TV. Uh, any other business, boys? I'll give a quick happy birthday to Christine McCaggy. Uh, Christine's birthday this week and, mm-hmm. and Blake and the whole family continue to be in our thoughts. Blake's taking a bit of an extended stay across the water in hospital, getting the help that he hopefully needs. But uh, Christine, uh, Andy, Pixie, the whole lot of them uh, are, are just absolute warriors and uh, and they are never far from our thoughts. Um, so hope to see you back in the arena soon, Blake. It's not the same without without that family there. See, I've actually seen, um, seen Andy and Pixie the other night. Um, they brought the game, the the, the well, they brought the game anyway. But this this scene, Boxy and Halloween chat with him after the game as well. So it's great to see them back at the arena as well. So, but you're absolutely right. I mean, there's there's so many people find it difficult to go through this. And I've seen a tweet from um, we Ethan McLean family yeah. as well. Um, he's having a tough time and and not feeling great at the minute. So thoughts go out to him as well. So it's uh, this this bloody thing's doing. You know, it's it's getting to everybody now and. It's approaching two years. It's about time it just put itself in the wee bag and pissed off. So um, <laughs> it is what it is. But again, look, guys, we've got to keep on going and, and do our best to, to get through it, you know. I've just wanted, on, on that, just on the same note, just want to quickly about young Dahi, who was obviously over at the Nottingham Panthers game oh, and some man. of the videos and photographs on the that. Clip of, the clip of Goody uh, walking uh, past him after warm-ups. I nearly cried. Unbelievable. The comment that came from um, from Michael Owens is absolutely correct. You know, we we always talk about players who get it, and you know, and sometimes that's overused. Sometimes it is, but it, but in that respect, Goody got it 
nailed on. He knows exactly how to treat these kids with the respect that they deserve and, yeah. and you show the enthusiasm. And there they are. The players are going out for the warm-up. And they're there high five and showing them, you know, showing them the excitement and feeding off his excitement to be there. The videos on, on the Twitter for Young Diary are fantastic. Well, you can find them on the View from the Bridge um, Twitter. We've retweeted them. We'll do that again. Get yourself a look at that because it was fabulous to see. Real, real heartwarming to see a young lad like that and his family going out to follow the Giants in Nottingham and to get that 7 2 win. I'm sure it was very <laughs> sweet as well. And a wee shy to seen on Longer's Twitter that Stevie Lee was instrumental in, in sorting a lot of things out there for the family. So, you know, what Joel did Club captain. Cap, cap tip. Mm-hmm. So, right, thank you, Absolutely. Joel. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is that, uh, anything else, boys? Last note is just uh, what an amazing tribute to those who are no longer with us that the, the Giants organization put on before oh, that last game. Uh, saw some familiar, pace, some familiar faces and some very sadly missed folks um, but that was a, a real moment and a real touch of class from the organization you could feel the atmosphere just how much that meant and uh, full credit to everybody who made that happen it was awesome yeah it is, I mean, obviously davy's grandmother was in there with a big amazing photo it was absolutely brilliant brilliant yeah. it was um i i obviously didn't see that prior to the game starting i saw the video the giants put up of everyone in and it's still even though i had sent the pictures of my and different ones that have took the trophy around that day, even though I'd sent them in, it still took me a wee bit of a wasn't sure whether the picture was going. And then my granny comes up on the big screen and all it, it does still get you in the and the and you see we fee and you see different ones that you've seen around the arena over many, many years who are no longer with us. And I know I know every year we have certainly when we're at the playoffs, we'll have a wee drink for Barry and, and different ones that have, have gone and I said on Twitter the other day, you know, they all might be in the rafters, but we take them everywhere with us, home and away, you know. Giants fans past and present are all part of the fabric of what makes this club great and what makes us all support the same team and you know sad that some of those people are no longer with us and, and I used to say McGrawley never never seen the Giants in her life probably had zero interest in ice hockey but every Sunday when I went in their house I had the Giants do last night Brilliant. you know because she loved the Giants because I loved the Giants <clears> and <throat> that's why I loved her and it's great that all those people are, are remembered fondly by by our fan base Indeed, yeah. a touch of class from the organisation, but no less than we've come to expect from the Belfast Giants over these last 20-odd years. And a fantastic note. Go on, there is one thing. Sorry for jumping in, Patty. Yeah. Um, they, the Giants announced tonight that they're doing a couple of twilight skates after some yes. games. So the first one's this Friday night. Oh, um, no. The next one's next Friday against Cardiff. And then, is it the is 30th? It? I think it's the 30th. Sunday the 30th as well. So Twilight skates, get your skates on. Davey, get so your back on. skates on. They're not team hold skates, on. though. The, the curse. On, on. I was They're not team it. skates, okay, because somebody <laughs> got me to go through the stats. And, and I'll I, be there. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I was going to say, we're talking about a streak and there's a team skate on Friday. I'm just like, there's too much going on here that I just can't, my, my whole, we'll, we'll, be wearing, we'll be wearing black shirts. I just can't handle it. Can't handle it. Lots of prayers uh, to Paddy and the grumpy boys. Superstition. <laughs> this old, this old Jan's fan has too many superstitions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, bear with, just bear with me. Phil there for a second, Paddy. Okay. Um, so there was something, there was actually something I was going to say. What were you t- Oh no, it was about, you know, the, um, uh, about about the videos and stuff that Neil Whitehead put together, and and about these in the touch of class that the Giants they always seem to do these sort of things. But it's uh, some of the some of the names and faces. I had to rewind it and see it because I was like I had it on in the kitchen, 
and uh, my kids started running around. I was like, so I ended up shouting <laughs> in the middle of it, which which didn't go down well. But uh, come on, Davey, I'm feeling as best as I can here. Nah, it's, it's, uh, somebody asked me a few weeks ago about the uh, statistic for game oh, skates. Skates. Skate, skate with the Giants. Not after great. Because Not they're, great. Um, you did come up with it as well. I was able to pull it up. It's just you'd be surprised what we can find if we're put under pressure. But <laughs> is this not enough for you? No, <laughs> no not, not enough pressure. pressure. And not I'm not going to look at this. And on that bombshell, <laughs> I'm going to say those two games this weekend, five, uh, both games against five home and away, Friday 7 p.m. at the SSC Arena. Get that down there, or get down there for that game, or find it on Jan's TV with Simon, and then back over to five. At the Five Fives Arena, Saturday at seven fifteen, and you get that on Flyers TV. A big thank you to Tyler Soy and, of course, to Jonathan Boxel. Thanks to Simon for doing that interview with Boxy. Um, you can get us on at AVFTB Facebook. You can get us on all your podcast uh, clients and on YouTube. And I think we're uh, this week as a one-off to try it. We're on Spotify Video. Listen, it popped up on the screen. You can add it to here. So I did, I've never heard of Spotify video, but you can catch us now on Spotify. This At least this episode on it's Spotify video. Davey's head just popped up there. Come on, then, Davey. In, um, in the six games that we have had, skip with the dance after the games, we are 2 4 and 0. Oh, 19 goals for, 17 goals against. So we're. Uh, it's not we're a G is what we are. We're due. Well, we're, but it's not a team skit, so we're all right. That's okay. We're yeah. all right. Okay. Right. Listen, and, 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 if, and if you want it to be more than that, one win and one loss. Twice we've gone to five. One win, one loss with five playing us. So, but it still doesn't matter because it's not happening. It's not team skate. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, just keep measuring it. Just two hours and eight. Carry on. Only twenty minutes to go. Only twenty minutes. And at one hour. And at one hour and thirty-nine minutes. And no, sorry, one hour and forty minutes. We're going to wrap it up. Gentlemen, thank you very much. A happy new year to you. Good to see you. Glad we had that bit of a break, but it is good to see you. Yeah, you too, boys. Thank you. Get yourself down to the game this weekend because, uh, you know, we don't know what's ahead of us. So get and watch the Giants as much as you possibly can. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Vote <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.